Welcome to On Air Commandos, a podcast about personal and professional growth for all big A airmen. All right. Hey, team. Welcome back to the podcast here in the latest episode where we're talking about work-life balance. So we've gathered a a team of individuals here just to kind of share some perspectives um, with their experience uh, with respect to work-life balance. So just by way of introduction, Colonel Terrence Taylor, I'm the commander here at the 27th Special Operations Wing. And this podcast is is one of the uh, avenues that we use just to kind of relay some things that are on our mind. And again, hopefully provide you with a little bit of perspective as you navigate some of the decisions throughout your Air Force career. Um, And you can hear from us uh, uh, those of us who've you know been in the seat for a little while, or maybe have uh, different and unique experiences. So I'm going to turn it over here to Chief Montgomery to introduce herself, and we're also joined by uh, Master Sergeant Hoffman and uh, Master Sergeant Lawler, uh, and they're going to uh, run introductions as well. Chief, over to you. Yeah, hey, thanks, Colonel Taylor. Uh, Chief Montgomery, Christina Montgomery. I am the Command Chief for the 27th SAO. Uh, happy to be here, and uh, looking forward to discussing these topics with you guys. Um, I'm Matt Sergeant Hoffman. I'm the SEL at the 310th. Um, I also perform or kind of fill the additional duty first sergeant role. Um, I've been there since October, and then prior to that, I was coming from the 33rd. I've, I've been been at Cannon for about two years now. All right, great. I'm Matt Sergeant Lawler at the uh, 26 STS. I'm the CMS superintendent. I've uh, been on station roughly uh, six years right now. All right. Well, we're going to dive right in here and uh, start start talking about some of the things that uh, some of the experiences and the considerations that we've had as we try to navigate this work life balance. And Chief, I'm going to uh, start it off with you here, um, just to kind of get a sense for what does work life balance mean to you, and, and why do you think that's important? Yeah, sure. So, uh, as I've I've come up in the ranks, it's it's varied each probably through each tier of, of, of uh, going through this and especially too with having a family, right? So different varying things come into play here. But for me, like really the bottom line is sort of a healthy personal and professional life that uh, meets the needs on both sides, right? So it surges from time to time from a professional perspective and then from your, your personal life perspective on where you need to add more to and then potentially less to. Um, I think why it's important, and for me, on I'll, I'll talk to the professional side. So, uh, I specifically remember a time when I'm uh, was working late one evening, and I came in to work the next day, and the senior airman comes in my office. This is when I was a senior mass sergeant, and says to me, "Hey, you work a lot," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I, I do." You know, trying to get some work done, and she says, "Why well, don't want to be like that? I don't want to be like you." And so I was like, ah, "I took a step back." And I'm like, okay, these things that I'm doing at night, these emails that I'm sending don't need to be sent at night. And it's also making people react to me at night when they should be taking care of themselves. So that's why I feel it's important. Yeah, good yeah. great perspective. What do you think? Well, I was, I was just going to add like how great of that airman to hold you accountable. Yeah, right, absolutely. Because so, I know that's not the easiest thing to do, but for me, it's, it's kind of the, it's kind of, uh, I guess we'll start with the importance. It's, it's it's a way to succeed in multiple facets of life. So that's how I kind of look at it in terms of the balance piece, right? Because there's always going to be something, whether it's um, work or family or faith or PME or school or all these things, um, and they have to be prioritized differently at different times. And it's constantly a balance. But when you when you can kind of dedicate that time or be deliberate with it is when you're you're kind of succeeding with with that work life balance. 
Yeah, I think like we talked like work-life balance, I like guess changed over the years. When I was a young airman, me and my wife had this conversation the other day, but when I was a young airman, I used to spend my time on the weekends, like preparing my kid for battle and like getting ready for deployments. Like my cage was super organized. You go look at it right now, like it looks like a boy's locker room. <laughs> and like, so my time now is not so much spent preparing that type of stuff. It's like emails and uh, like getting people the things they need. But like those things can be done during duty hours and like figuring out that balance and like knowing when to cut it on and cut it off is the hard part that we have to figure out. And like being able to cut it on and cut off and like know which phase you're in, like on deployment, like that's 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Like right now, like I go home to 1600. If it's important, you would come to my, you would come to my office and see me. If it's not that important, you send me an email, I'll get to you by Friday. Yeah. That's kind of like my lines in the sand. Yeah. So it's interesting just hearing all of the answers. I think a common theme is that over time we have, we have developed, we've grown in in kind of what it means to have work-life balance, right? You know, at different stages or different phases of your career, it means something different to you. Um, For you, uh, Mr. Lawler, I really wanted to ask, how you manage to keep a, a good work-life balance, just thinking about your career and constant deployments and, and multiple moves. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about how you tackle that, how you address that, and maybe from the, the family side, the communication that you mentioned with your spouse? Yeah, so it's kind of ironic we're having this discussion right now because about three or four months ago, me and the wife had a discussion about how much I'm gone. And I was like, it can't be that much. And so I did a, like, calculator, and in the last 10 years, it's five years like all stations, 4.9 to be exact, but it's roughly five years off station. So like, I never knew it was that high. So I went home that night and apologized. But like, we talk about like managing the balance, like it's changed over the years. Like I don't have to go on the same TDY every year. Like I can use that as an opportunity to mentor my replacement and see how he leads that training out. Like I've been to shooting school every year for 12 years. Okay. I don't have to go now. Somebody else can go. Mm-hmm. They can use that as an opportunity to lead and we can see how they react to that or go to Vegas to a wizard. Uh, things like that, like cutting those opportunities loose for somebody else to succeed and like find my replacement. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm using those opportunities for now versus having to always be there and trying to trust those junior dudes to like lead things out. Like I was given the opportunity to do. Yeah. It's great that you bring that up because, you know, going again, going back to us kind of evolving through this, um, through, through the experiences that we have in the military. I mean, I, I feel like there's this constant, uh, pull or, or tug when you when you look at the requirements for service with you know the requirements and, and duties that you feel like you, you need to uphold at home you know what I mean um, I, I don't know you guys feel the same way I, I do for sure yeah. uh, it's always like I feel like I'm not always that's a bad word uh, at times it feels like you have to make a decision between you know work and, and, and home right, right. And, yeah. uh, sometimes you know that need those reminders like hey work can wait you got to take care of home too. So there is that tug that's there. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the thing I'm learning as, as I get older is that like, if your family life's not good, like looking at my airmen, like the ones without good family lives, their work performance suffers from that. And so like learning to find that balance. So what I do personally is I, I coach my kids sports because if I wasn't coaching, I wouldn't show up to practice. I'd probably show up late to games, but like I have to have a dedicated schedule and I have to be there. I have to have the responsibility to be there. So like I just take it on more responsibility, I guess, outside of work mm-hmm. to ensure that I'm actually there and not using work as an excuse to show up late or not be there for them. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. So uh, a little over a year ago, I was uh, stationed at Herbert and um, it was, you know, our, our, we enrolled our kids in the youth basketball program there on base. And my wife said, hey, you should probably coach. I'm like, 
what are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't really have time to do that. And of course I did it, but it, you know, to your point, it's a forcing function. And sometimes, I mean, I particularly need those types of things um, as forcing functions because sometimes left to our own devices or left to my own devices, the busyness of the schedule and the, 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 you know, the, the pressure of the requirements will just keep you at work or at least keep you thinking about it unless you're deliberate about, you know, having something to, to kind of disengage. So, I think about kind of a a forcing mechanism is it's something as simple as me putting lunch on my calendar every day. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm right here on base. And so I'm, I'm two, three minutes drive. And it's, it's especially nice with my, my daughter. She's, she's off on summer break. My wife works from home. And so just another touch point, right? Where you can break free, you can have lunch together. It's, it's being deliberate, a forcing mechanism to where you're, you're, you're kind of, uh, trying to, you're utilizing the time that's presented to you mm-hmm. in, in the best way you can. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, while you, while you, uh, while you have the mic, if you will, yeah. okay. you know, so, so I think about, you know, you said you're the, the senior enlisted leader as well as uh, acting, but kind of full time right. first shirt as well. I mean, either one of those two things are it's a, it's a pretty time intensive job. How how do you reconcile that, uh, particularly given you know the fact that you, that family is a priority? Um, anything that you would offer or any best practices that you would that you would share? So. It took me a while to figure this out. I, I don't know if it was just in regards to me being a little bit timid the first time I, I got the phone, right? And and you haven't built that those relationships yet. Um, but that's really what it is, is building the relationships. And I know that that actually takes more time to do. Um, but just an example is I, you know, I had the phone and I was trying to figure out a problem for half of a day. So you're talking about first sergeant phone, yeah. right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, Hey, put your pride aside or, you know, step up to the plate, ask the question. The first Sergeant council chat or, you know, um, text message chain that we have, uh, they provided me the answer to five minutes. Right. And so that's, that's very humbling to me, but it also, you know, I, I learned a valuable lesson of, um, utilize your network because not only are they there for you and, and vice versa, but they're the ones that are, when we talk about this work-life balance, they're the ones that know you, right? They're the ones that are going to hold you accountable. Um, and so it kind of, um, it, it's another, it's another mechanism to kind of help you succeed along the way. And, and that's been, cause you're always going to be busy. You're always going to be juggling, but when you have that team that can, you know, command teams, how they're always bouncing things off of one another, um, that's really I, I I found that kind of sets me up in, in, in a great way. Yeah, good point. On yeah, you know, none of us do this alone, right? right? But sometimes it's it's easy to forget that. You know, you feel like you're looking at the problem set in front of you, and you're like, okay, I got to knock this out. Meanwhile, Chief's got the answer. You know, yeah. I, I just have to turn and, and ask the question, right? You know, so, yeah, great, great point. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm going to throw this one over to you, Chief, to kick it off. Um, you know, Esther and Hoffman mentioned how stepping into the, the, the first sergeant role as a new role to him, yeah. right? So I'm, I want you to think back. Think back to when you maybe became an NCO, and that was a new role for you. Sure. And maybe you became a senior NCO, and that was a new role for you. And, and then, you know, so on 
E9. That was a new role for you. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the the pressures that maybe you felt along the way, whether real or perceived, and how you managed those with respect to you know work life balance? And then, and I'm curious to get you guys' perspective on this one too. Yeah, so I think with every every rank, and we, we tell this to the FTAC airmen a lot when we're, when we're discussing this with them because it fears, right? And so you have that fear of, you know, are you going to do well? Are you going to step into that next role um, in, a, in a way that, you know, it, the reason why you were given that strike, what have you. And it's a healthy fear, I think, too. We've talked about this as well. It's healthy fear. that It kind of keeps you uh, humble. It keeps you um, like sort of... Uh, challenged in a way and um, and you can go out and do those things. So when you talk about um, any perceived fears, they are there. Absolutely. I hold, we just had this conversation the other day when I talked about, I got a task or specific from headquarters and back in the day, Christina Montgomery would have spent probably all night getting that task done. Well, Christina Montgomery today is like, I know that's not um, hot or sensitive, I know they want the answer, but that can wait, right? There's other things that are closer to my boat that I need to take care of before I, I tackle that. And so there is that healthy fear. There's that perceived fear. And I think with every rank, you're going to have it. And and learning how to balance that, and uh, that's going to come with experience. Um, there are going to be times where you don't realize. And so some of those folks that you need to reach out to or can reach out to to get answers or get things cleared off of your plate uh, rather quickly than you probably even know um, is going to be is going to be very valuable. Yeah. yeah, to your day to day. So when you when you say that you talk about like knowing you can wait till the next day on those things, like do you think it's because you are an E nine and you know what is important and what isn't important? And I think our junior airmen don't understand what what go time is versus not go time. Like four years ago or ten years ago, you might have like responded immediately. Do you think that's because you felt the pressure to like respond, or you think now that like you're like oh that's not that important, I'll get it to it tomorrow? Do you think it's because of your position and how long you've been in versus the younger airmen that you know you can get away with waiting till tomorrow morning where they don't, I don't think they necessarily sometimes feel, feel that, that they can do yes, that, absolutely. that their leadership might not back them. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Absolutely. But also like I think of it from in part of the reason why we're having this podcast, right? That's just me um, probably back in the day, not asking the question like, Hey, when do you really need this by? Like, is this suspense set in stone or can, can I, you know, have an extension? Um, and I would always try to, be ahead of the suspense too. Like it was implied pressure on myself uh, to, to do well. So yes, that's there, but that's why we have these these type of conversations. So um, to let them know that it's okay. It's okay to, you know, talk to your supervision about, you know, suspenses and taskers that potentially don't, you have other things that need to be done ahead of it. And I, I just read a story, I think it was on Airman NCO, Senior NCO page about that very thing about, hey, if everything is a priority, what's, What's the, what's the real priority here? So we've got to ask those questions. And even as airmen NCOs and senior NCOs, I challenge you to ask those questions uh, and, and to figure this stuff out. I can imagine sometimes it's tough to navigate. What about you guys? What are your, your experiences in that? I think uh, we talk about this, but like uh, I, had, I had a young captain one time. He was like, no decision has to be made today because we're not in combat. He was like, I can make this decision tomorrow morning. This, this is not life or death. This decision can wait till tomorrow. We we're talking about like LORs and stuff. And I was like, we need to make decisions. He's like, no, we don't. He's like, I'll sleep on it. It doesn't have to be made right now. It can be made tomorrow. And it'll be better if we make it tomorrow than if we make it while we're mad right now. So like I, I took a valuable learning point from a, a young captain who like, this is the first time writing paper. He's like, I'll think about it tonight. He just like kind of blew it off. And I was like, that's important. Yeah. So it's a good point. Yeah. Mine was 
kind of to speak on the, I guess the implied pressures that you place on yourself. I was, I started a, within a selectively manned organization and I was a, a, a brand new staff and, and it was a great unit to be a part of, but it was when it was time to come here, I was uh, a new master sergeant, right? And, and it's small and specialized in things that I'm not necessarily the SME in, like say maybe writing reports, right? Because everybody, everybody um, was still higher ranking than me. And so I didn't have that many to supervise. And so when you're now going into, you know, the big blue, quote unquote, back to, right? And it's this implied pressure of, um, is everybody going to see, right, that I'm, I'm not prepared or, you know, for this next year or do they, they just don't know and they, they're assuming that I know everything, right? And, and so it's a, it was a matter of just kind of saying that I was going to go in, be genuine, approachable, um, and, and just ask, right? Ask the, ask the actual people that have been at this for a while and to, um, help me along and, and, and kind of vice versa. But that was kind of a, and implied, like that was a pressure I put on myself coming here, um, kind of reflecting on it from that that NCO to senior NCO sure. jump. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've thought about this this point too, and I'd love to get GS thoughts on it. Um, <clears throat> you know, when I when I stepped into the into the seat as the wing commander here, um, there's a, there's an automatic feeling of okay. Um, what is the wings commander supposed to do? You know, what is the, the, what role is that supposed to be? Same thing when I stepped in as a group commander and, you know, squadron commander and every, every job that I've had along the way. But over time, that initial thought for me um, has tended to fade a little quicker each time. And the question that I instead ask myself is, who am I in this position? And I think there's a distinct difference there, you know, because we all have impressions of what it means to be an NCO and and what it means to be a senior NCO, or what it means to be a commander and what it means to be a chief. And and while there are some very explicit things that, that are expected of us in each one of those roles, we're also placed in those roles because of who we are and, and, and what we bring to the table. So I tend to think more about more about it that way now. I don't know if, if, if that resonates or if you guys would agree or, yeah. I mean, we, we talk about these things and like the, the best words I've ever heard from a, a retiring dude is parting shot was it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. At some point, this job's going to leave you. Make sure you have somewhere to go when you're done and somebody to go with. So like with that said, like you have to take care of your family. So like however that works best for you, everybody's different, right? Like some people take 30 days of vacation in the summer. Because you only get 18 summers with your kids. You know, other people take, you know, November, December, and January off. It's mm -hmm. however you can work it to best facilitate your own personal. Because everybody's different. You, yeah. Your requirement is different than mine. Right. EPR season comes around. I'm going to be working a little more <laughs> than I am in the summer. Like, all those things play into the, your schedule. Yeah. that's You're spot on with that. You know, and, and that, that is one of the points that I'm, I'm glad you brought up. Because it does look different for everyone. You know, every single one of us is different. Every every single one of the folks listening or watching this is, is a little bit different too. And I've I've heard people even say, you know, the, I know the topic here is work life balance, but some people don't even agree with that phrase. You know, they'll say it's it's never a balance. You know, it's a work life harmony. You know, because sometimes you're sprinting in one and, and, and you know going back in the other or vice versa. So fair fair point on that. I'll I'll throw this one out to the group. Um, 
how do you get over the the notion of of having to get everything done without feeling guilty of neglecting your duties at home or neglecting the family or even neglecting just your own personal um, personal time because that's that's also something for me that I find I, I need to I need that you know in order to recharge and re-energize. That's that introvert. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It was I'll, I'll take a first stab at it. Um, so because it was something that I, I kind of struggled with um, when I was reflecting on this one in particular but um, I had a great opportunity to to do the uh, better up coaching with the life coaching and we talked about kind of time management um and and this kind of fits within that mold but um it was providing myself grace right and i did and she's like you're you're so hard on yourself right you're a type a you're a perfectionist everything has to fit into this box right but provide yourself grace and she had me do this exercise which was completely uncomfortable but she was for me but she was like write a letter to Airman Hoffman, right? And, and tell Airman Hoffman all the great things that you've accomplished thus far, right? And, and just kind of capturing that and being able to reflect on, hey, we're always looking for the next tasker, the next thing. We're always looking on the horizon and it can be stressful and it can cause all these, all these feelings. But when you actually reflect back and you're like, hey, just by working hard and getting after it and these are all the things that I've accomplished so far and and it's brought me to a successful place. I, that was rewarding for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was kind of a way that I, I could practice that one in particular. Yeah. I think of, for me, of the feeling, the guilt part, there was one time I came home and uh, my husband was already at the dinner table and uh, he turns around and looks at me and says, your food is in the oven. He turns right back around. So there, I mean, there's those points in life to where you you may not be able to help it, but it's also those points in life that you'll remember that will keep you motivated to, hey, I need to get out of the office. I need to get home to my my family and and have dinner. But also on the on the flip side of that, there's the the professional side of the work stuff that may, uh, if you have to get home, you may feel guilty about neglecting it. Um, but you know, and, and it's not going to hurt anybody for you to take a knee and then to step back and then. And then, um, then go home to your family. Uh, maybe it's a little earlier that day, or um, leaving a task, or like the captain said, to make a decision on tomorrow. Um, it, that's going to come with experience and learning. The little points in your life, like dinner being in the in the stove or in the oven, uh, that are going to remind you that what's important. Uh, I think I think we we always talk about like uh, we're going to leave this job at some point, but like chief, sir, well, one day you're going to leave this office. And when you do, the next day, a new dude will be in the office. So, like, if you groom your replacement, you let them start working it now, like, take that day off. But it's also not about the quantity of time you have with your family. It's about the quality. So we talk about that. Like, one thing I've started doing now that I haven't been very good at, and, like, I'll eat dinner and pick up the phone and answer it, is we put the phones at the door for dinner. It's something we've tried to work on. And then on top of that, like, I'll silence my phone, but I'll have emergency on for certain individuals with the iPhone because you can do emergency contacts. It's like the boss, all my airmen. Like if it's outside of those, then I won't answer the phone because it'll be silenced. We're just figuring out the quality versus quantity because it doesn't matter. You can spend three weeks with them, but if you're actually not with them, hanging out with your kids and enjoying that time, like they're not going to remember that. That you're going like my kids will be like, Dad, get off your phone. Like was I really spending time with them? Or was I just there? So great, great point. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, throughout, we I think maybe all of us have thrown out examples of times when uh, maybe we weren't necessarily practicing uh, work-life balance. I'd like to to drill in on that one a little bit and, and kind of ask uh, if, if you guys have other specific examples. And I'm, I'll actually kick this off. And this happened not too long ago, certainly within the last year because it was here at Canon. <clears throat> but I tend to to work best and think best in the mornings, uh, pretty early in the morning. So I'll come in and it's, you know, it's usually pretty quiet. And for uh, most of the time, especially when school is uh, going on, you know, I, I live three minutes from here and the bus stop is right there, right? So. I, a lot of times I'm able to break away from work and go to the bus stop, at least see the kids off on the bus and or, you know, meet them when they get home. Well, this particular day, I think I had some engagements in the morning. And um, so I left before they woke up. I uh, didn't get a chance to see them in the morning uh, or talk to them. Uh, worked through the day, wasn't able to make it Had another appointment or something, you know, at the time they were getting off the bus. And before I knew it, uh, it was their bedtime. <clears throat> And I'd, I'd worked through that and I got home that night. And I remember, I mean, I, I still, I still get a little emotional thinking about it. I spent a whole day, two miles from, from the kids and, and didn't have time to go see my children. Really? You know, like, like that was, that was hard for me to swallow. Um, but it goes back to, you know, like, I've got to do this. I can't let so-and-so down. Oh, this really needs to be done. I'll only be here a little bit longer. And before I knew it, I, I blinked and the day had gone by. And I got home and, you know, I was talking to the wife and she could see that I was, you know, a little emotional about it. And I, I promised myself and her and them that that would never happen again, uh, as, you know, if, if within my control. But that was a time where I, I just kind of looked at myself and, and I thought about, you know, if we if we talk about the things that we want to do and the types of people that we want to be, really, it's in the day to day that you live that out. And that was a day for me that I will never forget where I felt like I didn't, you know, uphold my end of the bargain to myself or to them. So that one stands out to me. Yeah, I think there was a, there was a time between 2016 and 2018 where. I had two deployments, six months each, and I went to WIC. So there's a year and a half at 18, not including like all the training. We had to get ready. I graduated WIC in December 17. We deployed in July. So between, you know, December and July, like I thought I had to be the guy that trained everybody coming back from a six month course, you know, like I thought I was the man. And like, I remember my kids like, why are you going to another trip? You just came off a trip. Can't somebody else do that trip? And like those words, like he said it to me a few times since then. And every time it has the same meaning. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Like I probably don't have to go like somebody else can lead that trip out. Um, so it's just like they, my kids really put me in check more than my wife does on that. So kids have a way of keeping you honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the time, <clears throat> excuse me, the time I, it, it wasn't too long ago. So I, I remember the transition from the, from the 33rd. To where I'm kind of filling a SMEA role with an organization to the three tenth, and um, I I get into this new squadron that just stood up in May, right? And now I'm I'm there in October, and they're they're sprinting literally to get to the first deployment in December, and so I kind of I follow suit and sprint along with them because I'm trying to get my traction and, and I'm trying to get embedded into the organization, and and then you know. Um, a, a substantial amount of time went by, I would say over a span of a couple months where I realized I'm really working long hours and this is not a sustainable model. Right. And, uh, and it's, it was a, it was a difficult time, but it was also 
there was kind of how we talked about a, a phase, right? Where I just fell into this phase and this is also how the organization was feeling, but we were able to rally around that together and understand that, hey, we have this same feeling and we're in this same phase, but we're, once we accomplish this mission, we're gonna go into the individual phase. We're gonna reset, we're gonna do, do these things that we look forward to. And so um, there, I don't have any real lesson learned to that, except for, you know, just another um, example of how we kind of, you know, played off of one another in terms of, you know, just being open and honest and, and building those relationships and understanding where we're at uh, so we can, you know, collectively get to a to a, to the next yeah, phase right. together. Yeah. I could just real quick, and it goes yeah. back to you, uh, what you said about being present. Um, sometimes, like when you're uh, deployed, for example, or you're away from your family for a long period of time and you're just going and going and going with work and you come back and it's all of a sudden it's like, it's a halt, right? And you've got to get used to that. You've got to slow down uh, and, uh, and and be present with the family. But there are times where you, it's hard to make that adjustment. And it's hard to be present because you've been gone so long. This happened with me on a 365 coming back. And so getting back into the family and then also slowing down on the professional side can be difficult. I think a lot of people can relate to that. One of the things that I, I, I think is important to talk about is the role that leadership uh, can play in, in having and maintaining a healthy work-life balance, not just in, uh, you know, your own personal lives, but uh, in some ways the example that you set uh, for your airmen. You know, Chief, you started off with, with uh, one of those examples there. So um, what are your thoughts on what, uh, what leadership can do in this regard? Um, <clears throat> one thing that I immediately comes to mind is, the first time I met Chief Aiello, um, I was introducing myself and he said, you're, you're Sergeant Hoffman, you live at, uh, at a corner house, you have a black Cadillac, and you're working on getting your grass green. That's right? his intel background, right? right? And so <laughs> my initial reaction is, don't like that. You know, it's just a little bit, little bit different, right? But I, he just gathered all that from just being, you know, observant. And then later on to find out he, he actually memorizes cars. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he does that is because randomly, at, you know, six o'clock in the evening, he drives around, he would drive around and he would keep chiefs at SELs accountable. He would say, hey, your car is in the parking lot. Why, why aren't you home? And so that was really a good example of practicing what you preach. And I think that's what leadership can really do because of course, you're always being watched. You know, it's not hard to know who's Tacoma with the aim, you know, magnet on it, whose car that is, right? And so you're always being watched. And, and so just being able to um, practice what you preach, I think, goes a very long way for our airmen. Yeah, we talk about that and like managing schedules. Um, so my current squadron commander was the acting commander in uh, 2017. I used to hear his keys clicking at 4 p.m. every day, locking the commander's door. And one day I was like walking by, I was like, I go home. It's, it's 1600. It feels important that I told you earlier in the day. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And so he was setting the tone for everybody else. Like he would walk by and he'd be like, what are you doing? It's 1600. Like go home. He's like, it was important earlier in the day it happened or they'll wait till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So like he set the tone for that organization. And I've had other commanders that like they're in there at 18, 1900. It's like, man, the expectation is I need to do that too. And really, like, nobody should be doing that. 
Um, if you can't get it done in the day, then like you need to hand some of your work off probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you guys made some really great points. I would say that there is absolutely no expectation for you to stay uh, the same amount of time as your boss, this, to, to work late night emails the same time, same time as your boss. Um, and so I think uh, for us as leaders, uh, exactly what you said, uh, our actions uh, must match our words. And so when we talk about work-life balance or resiliency, work-life harmony, um, we have to set those examples mm -hmm. and we have to do it. So um, it's important. You know, the examples you guys use or the advice that you give uh, reminds me of uh, <clears throat> another uh, situation when I was deployed as the, uh, the Siege SOAC commander. And I remember, you know, on deployments, I mean, it's it's somewhat commonplace to, to just work longer hours, mm -hmm. right? Um, maybe because you don't feel the demands of the pull of the family or because, you know, you're, you're singularly, singularly focused on on what it is that you're there to do. But I remember one evening I was, I was wrapping up and uh, I remember looking at the J3 and I was like, why are you still here? You know, things are pretty slow. You know, why don't you go home? And he's like, I'm here because you're here, you know, mm -hmm. and. And so I, I took that to heart, and I think it was the next night I, I made it a point to leave at a more reasonable time. And uh, it just so happened that I left something in the jock. Um, so after I, I got, you know, to my uh, to my room, <clears throat> I was there for five or ten minutes, and I walked back to the jock, and it was like. Everyone had seen the commander leave and they were all gone too. And it, it opened my eyes. I was like, oh my goodness, you guys are exactly right. Like people are looking at you, trying to determine whether or not they want to be you, right? That's it, it, when you're in the role of a, when you're in a leadership role. So I think you're spot on and that setting the example is, uh, is utterly important. Um, and I also think, I think you touched on it too, um, you know, setting expectations being clear, you know, when you have that squadron commander that explained that to you, that's, that goes along. Yeah, I think, I think we as leaders take a more important role in ensuring that our airmen have a better work-life balance than us. Like without our direction, like they're going to work all the time. They're going to think everything's important. It's on us to like help them understand what has to be done today and what can be done tomorrow and how to balance their families. Because if, if we're not doing it, they're not going to do it. But also we have to teach them how to do it the right way yeah. and not to stay until 18, 1900. Yeah, so that's a that's a perfect segue into, and I, I kind of wanted to drop anchor a little bit on on a point you you made early on, which uh, when you asked Chief, you know, was when you when you made the decision to not work, you know, into the night to finish this task, or is it because of the experience that you had? Is it because you have you know more flexibility in your schedule now? But I feel like you know if I'm a young airman watching or listening to this podcast, the question I'm asking myself is, you know, I, I don't know that I have the option. To, to not be at work sometimes or to, to go home when it's the end of the day. You know, I'm, I'm either here for this shift and I need to be here for this shift or my supervisor or my flight commander or section leader tells me what to do and I, I, I don't leave until I finish that. I'm just kind of curious what advice you, know, you would give to, to that airman that feels like maybe they don't have as much control over their schedule but how can how can uh, they still take something away from this this work life balance discussion? I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is when you've when you've given your feedback, when you have the standards built in, when you know what that specific airman is looking for in their own career. Mm -hmm. um, say it's a traditional seven thirty to four thirty, right? And and maybe maybe work is accomplished at 
1430. And now it's time to get after those, those other things that they're striving for. Or you, you help them fill the time with, um, you know, milestones that they wanted to accomplish, whether it's being a part of, you know, ACEs or, you know, getting, getting education or, and kind of building out those, um, those programs and, and developing them. Um, so it's maybe, maybe they can't just go and, and be free, right? They have to, they have to work, but then also, providing them time in a battle rhythm so they understand um, what's expected of them. Take your time, utilize your time. We're, we talk about empowering our members. Well, with that, it should come freedom and trust and when, when you're going to break free the PT and, and, and all these things, right? Um, just kind of, sit, I think it's important to push that message um, and then so they can start utilizing that that sound judgment we're always looking for as they're moving up the ramp. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about efficiency. I think that's one thing that like people have to get better at with all the pools of social media and everything else is that you see a lot of people taking their breaks throughout the day to get on their social media and they're losing efficiency. Um, but like technology, don't get me wrong, technology is great because I can have my work phone and on the way to work, I can delete all the emails I don't need to read for the day. Or when I'm eating breakfast at the house, you know, getting ready for the day, I can read through my emails and digest them and then get my workout in and then respond to them after I've thrown through them, thrown through them instead of sitting at you know my office for two or three hours like you talked about on one particular email and then for like your younger airman like lining out tasks so i did an experiment one time i like didn't tell him what to do i made him sit around all day and like i was just like oh yeah whatever you need to do today and then at the end of the day i was like these things need to get done i did them in an hour and 10 minutes and so from then on <laughs> i just outlined on the board like this is what you're doing today and they'll be done by lunch <laughs> i love it clear expectations that's <laughs> right Okay, so uh, so you know, sticking with this with the the tips or advice theme here, um, you know, there are a lot of family or airmen here who may not have family close by. Maybe the, this is their first time away from home. Um, they're in the dorms. They're geographically separated from their families. May not have an idea as to uh, all of the resources that are available um, or how to maintain a good work life balance. I mean, literally, could quite literally be just just out of high school. So. What what advice and what tips would would you all offer to 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 that group of people? So I kind of I'm going to put the shirt hat on because <laughs> I think we can all agree it's the it's never healthy over a extended period of time to kind of isolate. Um, and so if you're new, it's it's trying to be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable. Whether if you are an introvert, right, socializing building uh building a community people that you can you know um, have a relationship with and hang out with and you can find hobbies and but then also um being willing to travel or um <clears throat> scheduling things that you look forward with your family um you know maybe it's maybe it's trips or um i, I know it's not as good as you know face-to-face -face, um interaction but you know we have we have the FaceTime now and the mm -hmm. Zooms and it's just, just, we've been, you know, the constant theme has been, you know, kind of being deliberate, right? Um, and, and I think this is, this is the same. You, you, you're going to have to make the effort, but there's, there's so many things that, um, in this area that we've seen that we truly enjoyed, you know, you just well, have to do a little driving for them, but just kind of, um, 
programming it like you would, like I do with lunch, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to go on this trip and it's something we're looking forward to. Or, uh, hey, I'm flying to Denver in the, in the fall to meet my friends so we can go to a Broncos game or, you know, it's, it's just things like that, that um, keep you connected, um, that I think will really help. And then you also have for more towards like the single airmen, I think Canon does a great job in terms of, um, especially the ministry. I know the, is it Oasis ministry? And then you have, um, the single airmen retreats and even the marriage retreats. And, um, those are, I, um, myself and Christy, my wife, we, we went to a marriage retreat in Santa Fe and it was a phenomenal time. And we brought our daughter and they had, um, childcare and it was just a great time to connect as, just a couple and then also in the evenings as a family. And so really, you know, just um, tap into those things because they, they, I know Sergeant Lawler was talking about how time is precious and those are the opportunities to really be invested and uh, make sure you're, you're making the most of your time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they give you 30 days of leave, not to sell back at the end of your commitment a year. Uh, we, I have found out about this group we have at work called the Adventure Bros. So the Adventure Bros is a group of single dudes. And the way I found out is they asked me for an early release on a Friday. And I was like, why? Like, well, we're going to Tucson. And I was like, who? And they like let, labeled off. They had two cars. And so like they would leave work as soon as I would let them out. They'd go to Tucson for a Friday night, Saturday night and drive back, you know, Sunday night, show up to work Monday. Yeah. Or they go to Austin. Like every weekend, there's a different adventure. That's awesome. And so, like, you know, go to the Rockies games on weekend. Next weekend, they might go to Austin. Like, they anywhere within a 500 mile radius that they could get away with, they would go to. <laughs> and so, like, finding those people that are like you, you know, that are kind of like minded in the dorms or whatever, that you can go out and hang out with outside of work and like get away and reset yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the the, the unique things I think about uh, military services. I mean, you talk to, you know, I talked to folks who served a long time ago and the thing that they always come back to is it's all about the people, mm -hmm. right? So I think from, you know, from first assignment or day one, I mean, it's all about the people, no matter where you are in your career. So like you guys said, taking the opportunity to spend time with other people and, and maybe get, you know, get some exposure experience to things that you might not normally have an opportunity to do. Um, those are all good things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What about, uh, oh, oh, and you know, just to, you reminded me of something. So this weekend, uh, Marie and I and the girls are, are going on the family frontiers retreat, which is, you know, through the, through the chapel. So it's, you know, a couple hours away. So we're looking forward to that. And we, we take it, we try to take advantage of those resources too, because they are, they are truly phenomenal. And there are so many of them out there. Um, any other resources though, or, or even stress management techniques or tips that you all would offer to the folks listening and watching here? Go ahead. Uh, I think I think physical fitness is extremely important. Um, like that, like I've got I've got a couple of airmen that have just started working out, and like their ability to relieve all their stress, and like reset their clock every day, like their work performance and capacity is almost doubled. Just the fact of like being able to like reset their and recalibrate themselves every day with like physical fitness, like that's like the number one thing. Every day at seven we work out, yeah, and then at nine o'clock we're in work, and like watching the difference in those people since like we started instituting that is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, it's it's the PT, and I since PCS, I've been a little bit off my game, and uh, you know, just with the move and everything like that. So, you you hit the nail with that. Yeah, I try to, I, I try to be in the in the garage at five thirty every morning. It, uh, sometimes I hit the snooze, but I think <laughs> I think fitness is a 
uh, something I can agree on as well. Just kind of um, when you knock it out, it, 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 you you feel better the rest of the day. I don't know, but um, I also think in terms of like POTIF, um, mm-hmm. when we talk stress, and you talk about all the domains of um, human performance and psychological and social and um, spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually wrote a couple things down in terms of resources. It's you know the the chaplains and resiliency teams and psychologists and the implac which is military family life counselors and um and even the the fitness coaches and and we have a float tank and you know <clears throat> all these things um canon um really provides in terms of kind of uh stress mitigation and and I think it's great because they they have something for everybody whether maybe uh, it's a spiritual domain and you want to talk to the chaplain or or maybe you want to get counseling with your family members and and so I think I think that's a great a great way to um, mitigate that stress and but the tr- the trick is is you have to utilize it mm-hmm. we have a lot of resources um, and I don't know if um, many times People think there's a stigma or, or whatever the situation, but just just go try it. And if it's not right for you, go try something else. Yeah. And if it's not right for you, then maybe it's just talking to a friend or, you know. Um, but I think I think that's the biggest way to kind of assist with that. And, and, you know, mine might be stress, but yours might be something completely different. Or, you know, working out for stress and yours might be completely different because um, humans, they're... They're all different. Nobody, right. we, you know, nobody fits in this perfect box like I would love, right? Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, I think that's why that Canon has done such a great, great job with all the iron resources um, to really get after that because they understand. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Just one more like tip that I use is like the one thing I love about this place compared to like, you know, I was in McCord before this in the big city and just the hustle and bustle is I'll get on my little side by side and I'll ride out north of town and just watch the sunset or like mm-hmm. you can just like reset yourself there's no no white noise nothing and just sit there and just like that's why i like hunting and hiking so much is just you can drown out everything and like reset yourself and forget about all the stuff that happened last week yeah i'm so, with you there man I, I grew up in a town way smaller than this and, and, and therefore even quieter if you're quieter if you can imagine that <laughs> that is that is certainly a, a happy place for me and that's one of the reasons i think why i like the early because it's just so serene and, and, uh, and quiet. It's so good. Good takeaways there, you know, with kind of finding your own personal resiliency, um, uh, what, what it is that contributes to your resiliency, but also a good rundown of some of the, the resources that are available. Because um, at the end of the day, uh, you, you all are exactly right. It's about, I mean, resiliency is about um, maintaining the, 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 the fighting force and making sure that, that individuals, airmen, have what they need and are able to bring a hundred percent to the mission. So um, it's certainly, you know, something that we, we want to keep coming back to and, and, and letting folks know that um, what's out there, you know, in terms of resiliency, what kind of resources there are available and, and, and more importantly, the, the importance of incorporating those types of things into your, your everyday life. Um, I would just say that's, it's all about communication. It's all about communication where you work. Um, again, from a standards perspective and from a, a personal, you know, side and uh, communication, you will never fail with flat comms uh, and just making sure that you understand each other. I think that's that's a very key. Uh, it's very key. Yeah. 
Thanks. Some uh, some just wrap up takeaways maybe from uh, some of the conversation. You know, um, I'd say for our younger airmen, um, remember that it is a it is a marathon, not a sprint. Right. So um, the the more deliberate you can be with with maintaining a proper work life balance early on, you will set yourself up with some good habit patterns that will that will carry you through uh, in the event you do choose to you know make this a, a longer career. And then for the leaders, I think it goes back to setting the example, as you know, each of you have pointed out, um, because ultimately a lot of a lot of folks are watching you as a leader, um, and a lot of folks are looking to you for direction. But you know, looking to you for direction, but also looking for you to set that example. So um, again, I just uh, just want to thank you guys for your time. This is great. Uh, appreciate uh, you sharing your thoughts. I think the the airmen will get a lot out of out of this. And it circles back to. You know, what we say is our competitive advantage and the most important thing to us, and that is the human capital. That's the airmen. That's yeah. the resources. You know, that, I think that's a that's a great place to, to kind of wrap it up, you know, just talking about resiliency and talking about um, maintaining the the, uh, the not just the white space, but our own personal resiliency so that we can bring 100 percent to the fight. Um, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time out to, to chat today. This is this has been great. I certainly learned a lot, and uh, hopefully the uh, the folks listening and watching can get something from this too. So, really, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you.